Welcome to Furry Explained. I'm Finn, a big black cat from the internet, and Furry Explained is my show about furries and their culture. Now, if you've been listening to this show for a while, I know what you're thinking. The title of this episode seems familiar. Haven't we already talked about furry communication and how to talk to other furries already? Well, yes, yes we have. In fact, it was exactly 10 episodes ago when we had our first discussion on the importance of having good social skills when talking to other furries. But there's a reason why we're bringing that discussion back again. No, it's not because you didn't listen to me the first time. In fact, the last time I checked, that episode is one of the best performing installments we've had on this podcast, so it's not like the original message didn't get out there. It's really because I purposely kept the scope of that episode narrow, dedicating it to the ins and outs of communicating with other furries in an online setting. However, like I mentioned at the start of last week's episode, we've kind of started on this unofficial series about furries meeting each other in person, which commands an entirely different set of skills from top to bottom. Just like how finding places to meet other furries in person is different from finding online communities, how you interact with other furries once you get there is very different from how you might interact with them online. So instead of trying to shoehorn an explanation of the skills needed to interact with other people in person in a previous episode, we're just going to do it here. Sure, it may seem like we're already recycling content only 16 episodes in, but I see it more as an extension of something we're already familiar with. And I'm sure you and me both don't want to hear me talk for more than 20 minutes at a time anyway. So that's what we're going to do today. In this episode, we're going to talk about furry communication, again. Only this time, we'll be focusing more on how to interact with other furries in person in the real world. We'll talk about some of the key differences between in-person and online communication, then discuss some techniques you can use to turn those conversations into potential long-lasting relationships. Welcome to Furry Explained, and we'll get started right here. All right, so first of all, I'm not going to ask you, when is furry communication again? You already know the answer to that, and if you're new to the show, first of all, welcome. Secondly, go check out episode 6 of this show for Furry Communication Part 1. What we're going to discuss today is the importance of the differences between online communication like we've talked about before, and communicating with others in person. There are some major differences between the two, and skills in the latter are going to become very important to have very soon. Last week, we talked about fur meets and how they're going to start coming on back to various areas around the country and the world. And it looks like conventions are doing the same thing, as many are starting to finalize their schedules for the remainder of this year and next year, with some happening as quickly as this very summer. Which means furries are going to be seeing each other in person for the first time in months or even over a year, which is super exciting, but also a potential cause for concern. You see, like any skill really, social skills require practice to remain in good shape, and the past year has really deprived all of us from naturally practicing our interpersonal skills with a variety of different people. And hey, that goes for me too. I've noticed that my eye contact when talking to other people has gotten a lot worse, as it never used to be uncomfortable for me to do something as simple as that before the pandemic hit. 
In-person social skills are going to become increasingly important as we all get thrusted back to a sense of normalcy. And it's better to talk about them and work on them early than to try and regain them on the fly in the moment. Now, you may be saying to yourself that you really have nothing to worry about. You've been socializing with people online for the past year and have gotten nothing but positive results. And if that's the case, that's good to hear. Keeping up those skills is and will continue to be important. But if you think those skills are going to have a direct translation to interacting with people in person, that's unfortunately not going to be the case. And you don't have to take my word for it. In fact, please don't. But there are countless studies and research papers done by people smarter than me that have concluded that there is a fundamental difference between interacting in person and interacting online. I encourage you to read some. I did before writing this episode and they were actually pretty interesting. But I'll summarize some of their main points here. The overarching theme behind many of these pieces of research is this. Online communication is less, quote, satisfying than communicating with others in person. What do I and they mean by that? Well, by the physical reality of how the internet works, interacting with people online is a stopgap between talking with someone in person. It has become a very good stopgap over the decades of innovation, but it remains a stopgap nonetheless. It's not a true replacement. And we as humans haven't evolved as fast as technology has. So we still have that primal, built-in desire to communicate with our fellow humans in person. Not only that, talking with others online is not a true representation of how we were designed to interact with each other in the first place. Talking to someone online can promote passive engagement, meaning we are able to have a conversation with someone without giving the person on the other side our full attention. Now, this is true in real life as well, but typically the other person can tell when you're distracted and can call you out on it or make any other mental note that you're not interested in the current conversation. This can't really be replicated online, and even in video calls, there's almost an expectation that you might be doing something else while on the call, and that passive interaction is not as big of a deal. Secondly, Conversations online may be more shallow or fragmented than talking with someone in real time. This one's pretty self-explanatory. A lot of the ways we communicate with each other is through text, and it's not expected that someone gets back to us immediately. This can be convenient, but indeed does fragment the conversation and can make it less impactful than if you were having that same conversation in real time. Thirdly, and we already implicitly mentioned this, but it's extremely hard to read the room and take into account nonverbal cues when talking online. This hurts conversations in many ways, as it can be hard to convey real emotion through our texts, and even saying certain things can be taken out of context or interpreted in the wrong way, something that has a much lower chance of happening if those same words were said with a certain inflection and nonverbal description in person. And finally, which may seem like the most obvious one, but one that many people tend to forget, people may not be who they say they are online. It is so easy to hide behind a screen and only present a tailored view of who you are to the rest of the world. Now, don't get me wrong, there are definitely advantages to this. It's more or less the backbone of being a furry online. But other than that, 
someone could be presenting a completely different person to you than who they really are. Something that is a lot harder to fake when you're physically interacting with someone in front of you. Now, please don't get me wrong. Having good online communication skills is paramount to being a social individual in today's age. But it can't be the only communication skills you have, especially if you want to have a complete experience in the furry fandom. The foundation of this fandom is still based in interacting with other furries in person, which is why, until the whole virus situation, attendance of fur meets and conventions were accelerating upwards. Furries love to and damn near need to interact with each other in person, and if anything, the last year more or less proved this point in more ways than not. From the explosion of conventions and virtual reality, to the increase in furries streaming on sites like Twitch and YouTube, to just how, I guess, tense is the word I would use when describing the overall online furry experience, whether they realize it or not, furries are doing whatever they can to replicate interacting in person to the best of their ability. Which means the skills needed to do so when the world is ready for us to come back together is going to be of utmost importance. We are literally happier when we interact with each other in person, as studies have shown that our mood actually lifts when we talk to someone directly in front of us. We feel closer to our friends, family, and even new acquaintances when we speak to them in person, which makes a lot of sense if you think about it. You are literally right in front of someone instead of potentially thousands of miles away. So yeah, needless to say, in-person social skills are already important, but are going to become vital as we all hopefully transition away from our screens and back to each other's physical space. And with this in mind, it's important to review some of the skills that will be needed when we go back to that state, as they can make or break the experience that we have when we all return to an in-person reality. So let's get to inspecting some of those skills after the break. Alright, so we've talked a little about the differences between communicating with others in person versus online, and how that is especially relevant for members of the furry fandom. And again, we know the communication skills needed to be deft in online settings are important, and will continue to be going forward, as the internet will still remain the most used tool that furries will use to communicate with one another. But as we start to get closer to the end of nationwide lockdowns and distance restrictions, knowing how to act in front of other people is going to be just as, if not more important for the immediate future. Hopefully that time comes sooner rather than later. And while it will be great to catch up with some old friends, these upcoming times also present the perfect opportunity to meet new ones, or make that all-important transition from friends you've met online to interacting with them in person exponentially strengthening the relationship you have with each other. So let's do what we seem to do best on this show. Go down a list of some areas of in-person communication that are important to master. And we'll start with the all-important greeting, which in essence can make or break the rest of your interaction with that particular person. So getting this right is extremely important. In this case, some of the same tips when greeting someone online applies here meaning just starting with hi is most likely not going to be enough. However, literally anything more than that typically works out a lot better, 
So even something like, hi, how are you, is a much more powerful greeting that gets you off on the right track. Another big part of greeting someone in person is their name, which in the context of the furry fandom will most likely be their fursona name. This means they can be a little complicated sometimes, so when you ask for it, make sure you get it right the first time. In fact, a good tip in general is when you're exchanging names, repeat it right after they say it to you. This not only confirms you're saying it right, it reinforces it in your brain to help you not forget it instantly after they say it, which, if you're like me, has happened all too often. Also, throughout the whole greeting phase, it's super important to establish and maintain eye contact. While this is something that is important throughout the conversation, doing it early helps in not only showing that you're genuinely listening to the other person, but also helps you map their name to a face, and seeing it for as long as possible really helps make that connection in your mind as well. This greeting phase of meeting someone is tailored more for greeting someone new, since if you're reuniting with someone you haven't seen for a while, then you'll both know each other well enough to not have to reintroduce yourselves to each other. And even though this phase happens pretty quickly, it's the first section of your first impression, and getting it right will greatly increase your chances of keeping the other person on the other side interested in talking with you. As you transition out of the greeting phase, you want to make sure that you and whoever you're talking to has something to talk about. The whole point of meeting someone is to learn more about them, see if you two have anything in common, and talk about the things you do and don't. Think of it like a piece of writing. You got them interested with your opening hook in your introduction? Now it's time for you two to learn more about each other in the body of your conversation. And in this case, there's two main aspects of your conversation that should keep both parties interested. One is something you're familiar with if you've listened to this show already asking powerful questions. We talked about these in a lot more detail in episode 6, but in essence, they are questions that can't be answered with yes or no. Starting with who, what, where, when, why, or how, they really open up a conversation by having the other person think about how they want to answer it, and give you a detailed response as a result. It's almost like a super low-pressure interview. You want to learn more about them as efficiently as possible, and it gives you opportunities to answer the questions yourselves as you go back and forth in the conversation. But the other main aspect that's important, especially when meeting new people in the fandom, is to have other things to talk about that are not related to the furry fandom. This may come as a surprise initially, since if you're meeting someone from the fandom in a place filled with other furries, why wouldn't you talk about the hobby that drove both of you here? Well, the key word here is other. There's nothing inherently wrong with talking about the fandom, in fact it's going to be expected in these spaces. But when that topic of conversation inevitably expires, it's good to have multiple things to fall back on to keep your discussions alive. Things like jobs at work, studies at school, or other hobbies that you may have are great places to start. Asking powerful questions based on those topics should keep the conversation extended for a decent amount of time because people naturally like to talk about themselves. I would just stay away from more controversial topics that people may have strong opinions on, since that will potentially ruin the mood that someone is in and kill the whole vibe between the two of you. 
Speaking of mood, if it's something you're comfortable with, incorporating jokes into your conversation is a great way to keep the mood light and fun. People like funny people, and while these don't have to be jokes completely separate from the conversation, just throwing in something that makes the other person chuckle is always nice to mix in from time to time. Now, to be fair, this is a skill in and of itself, so don't feel like you have to do that in order to have a great conversation with someone. But if you know that's something you can do confidently, feel free to throw a few in there. Another thing that really helps extend conversations and keeps the other person interested are stories. These can be based on the topics of discussion mentioned earlier, but weaving a long-winded tale about an interesting part of your life while answering someone's inquiry about you really goes a long way towards keeping yourself interesting, as long as you don't outright lie about it. Now, that's all well and good, but those previous suggestions are all for your side of the conversation when it's you doing the talking. What about the other side when you're doing the listening? Well, this part is a lot simpler, but arguably even more important to holding on to a conversation with someone. There's a big difference between hearing and listening, and it's very easy to tell when someone is passively hearing what you have to say over someone who is being an active listener. And it all starts with eye contact, the thing that I mentioned I was personally struggling with earlier. Eye contact is the best way to show that you are actively listening to someone. And while it may be uncomfortable at first, it's pretty much a necessary skill to have when holding an effective conversation. Now, it doesn't have to be weird and you don't have to look deep into their eyes all the time, but making sure you glance up there every so often should suffice. Obviously, it's also important to keep your distractions at bay, so it's advisable to put the phone away and make sure you're giving that person your undivided attention. And while they're talking, try not to interrupt, even if you think you're being helpful. Personally, I have a real bad habit of trying to finish other people's sentences when they pause before ending a thought. And while it comes from a place of good intentions, what I've found is that it really throws off that person's train of thought as they may have been trying to tie the end of their sentence to the start of the next one. It's a lot better to wait for more natural pauses to ask clarifying questions, which is something that you should definitely do, as it shows that you're interested in what they are saying, not just hearing what's coming out of their mouth. Another good way to show that you're listening is to provide audible and inaudible feedback while you listen. Nodding when they make an important point or laughing when they say something funny are great ways to further show that you are genuinely interested in what they have to say. Now, this is something that usually goes by the wayside when talking about conversing with new people, but it's also important to end a conversation as strongly as you started it. If you really hit it off with someone you've met, you're probably going to want to speak with them again, so make it a point to contact them again in the future. Ask about their general availability and when they're usually free. And if something works, set up another meeting between the two of you right then and there. If something doesn't work immediately, don't be pushy, especially since more often than not, things don't work out that perfectly. 
but it is still a good idea to exchange contact information. So when the opportunity does present itself again, you know how to get in touch with each other and potentially keep the connection going in an online setting. Finally, and this is especially important if you met someone for the first time, repeat their name back to them before leaving. Even if you have to frame it like you barely remembered, you'd be surprised at how much of a good impression this leaves on yourself when you restate someone's name right before you leave, as it shows that you actually remembered who they were as an individual. They'll usually do the same with you and you both can leave in a similar fashion as you initially started the conversation, only now with hopefully a much stronger relationship between one another. Now, I know what you're thinking after all that, and honestly, I agree. That was a lot to go over, and honestly, there was still so much more detail that we could get into. But I didn't want this to be too overwhelming, and wanted this to act as more general guidelines rather than a full-on instruction manual on how to interact with other people. And even after listening to this, our skills in communication are not going to get any better without practice. And sure, some of us are going to be more natural at this than others, and it is true that not absolutely everyone will want to carry out a conversation with you. But with enough practice, you can make sure that when the opportunity does present itself, you'll be ready. Similar to what we said in the first episode about communication, take all of this as a blueprint to design your in-person conversations with other people. The furry fandom is genuinely social by nature, and even if you don't actively seek out other people to talk to, it's still important to be prepared when someone does happen to approach you. And trust me, if you want to make strong connections with other people in this fandom, you'll want to be prepared. Knowing how to speak with other members of the fandom in person is crucial to its growth and your experience within it. And as conventions and fur meets and all that start to come back around, there's going to be ample opportunities to not only strengthen old relationships, but find brand new ones as well. And the best way to capitalize on those opportunities, to start and maintain good relationships with other members of the fandom, is to have strong skills in furry communication. Alright, that concludes this episode of Furry Explained. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I really hope you enjoyed it and maybe learned something new today. As always, if you want to continue the conversation about conversing in person or have any other feedback for the show, you can find and follow me on Twitter. I'm at FinnThePanther, and a link to my Twitter is down in the show notes along with some other resources about in-person communication that you should definitely check out. If you do like the show and want to support it, the best way to do that is to subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, make sure to give the show a rating and a review as well. You can also tell people about the show, and if they don't know where to start looking, you can point them to our little corner of the internet, furry-explained.com. Thank you so much for doing so, and we'll be back next week for another episode of Furry Explained. But until then, stay wild out there. Peace.
Just a quick note at the end here, if you notice that the two halves of this show sound a little different, it's because I had to record this show on two separate days. The first day got interrupted by, I guess you can call it a mental health emergency, and I needed to take the next couple days off just to kind of get my mind back to normal, so I, I apologize for that. But on a more positive note, by the time you're hearing this, I would have gotten my first COVID vaccine shot, so I can definitely see the light at the end of the tunnel. Also, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll know that I got a new mic recently. I haven't set it up or anything like that because I want to do something fun with it, but I haven't decided what yet, so just, just stay tuned for that. But yeah, I apologize again if the second half of this show sounded a little off. I'm still a little bit off myself personally, but I'll get over it. I, I always do. Anyway, I'll see you next week. Bye.